Hey guys, I am Morgan Larson and this is Totally Unorganized. In my quest to get it together in this one wild and awesome life, I realized I should talk with really rad people in my own life who I think have it together. I'm always chatting with somebody over a crazy shenanigan of mine, so I figured why not have people join me each week as I chit chat with my friends who inspire me with all of their togetherness. So I'm totally unorganized. The sky is the limit. So let's rage, people. I have a couple um, prepped questions, you know, and I'll like resort back to them. But whatever the direction the conversation is going, yeah. we'll just you, flow. You seem to have a good rhythm. And of course, having relationships with people makes it yeah, easier. I'm like, okay, so I really, I didn't mean that I had, I know all your answers. <laughs> I'm really excited for what you're going to say. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you do know all my answers. You I might really, know some of my answers. I really don't, which is good. I try to keep some secrets. Yeah, no, I know. You're very mysterious, but like out there and zany and I love it. Thank you. Um, I hope, I love the word zany. So Zany's a good like word. that was a compliment, hopefully. I appreciate it. I will take it. <laughs> Put that in your pocket. Your which, one, your which onesie pocket? pocket. <laughs> I have so many pockets in this thing. One of the, I am a person that values pockets, utility in general. Okay, so far really good. <laughs> okay, guys, brace yourself for this chit chat. I have Dana Wilson in my his house. I really like that. Thank you. <laughs> I was, Thank you so much. <laughs> I was doing a fast car mime it was perfect it was so spot on but you are just so radical and bright and vivacious and you're a curator of quality content which i really adore a choreographer a -a one-of-a-kind performer and you evoke the phrase anything but a backup dancer Ooh, that's true some have that's been said about me before that's good i really like that i googled that too so anyways (laughs) so it must be true so it's very true the internet says it so you have devoted years to your craft and from afar I've noticed that each year you kind of try to outdo yourself every single year. You like one up yourself and it's like kind of delish. Yes. (laughs) I I really admire that. I am a lover of progress. I think it's one of my favorite things. Okay, good. We'll talk about it. Okay, we're going to get there. (laughs) Put a pin in that. (laughs) Put a pin. Um, You might have seen her on tour with Justin Timberlake or maybe in JT's Super Bowl halftime show or the opening scene of La La Land. True. Or maybe you saw her perform with her two seaweed sisters. Oh, I hope you've seen that. I really hope you've all seen that. I saw on Santa Monica Pier. You were there in person for that. So I've seen a couple actually, no big deal. Um, But from afar. Cool. I'm very afar type of gal with Dana um, or you've taken class with her at a convention or you've seen her digital content on those tiny little phone screens which I absolutely adore too true regardless she's a full-out creature <laughs> I am and depending on the day it's kind of a monster or like a fairy beast or some yeah. sort of an alien I feel like you're the rare few that would appreciate creature like and it's a total compliment you know my just this morning I was walking to the grocery store with my husband and he said, he called me a creature. He said uh, something adorable, beautiful, something very nice, favorable. I'm a favorable creature. It's like the him. best kind of I creature. I fully <laughs> accept creature. I love creature. Okay, good. We're off to an excellent start. Really good start. start. <laughs> really good start for 
Okay, so Dana's captivating style and flair, fused with some giggly humor, has catapulted her to many roles in the industry, which I really dig. We have worked only a handful of times together. Not the Target commercial. Enough. Not nearly <laughs> Not enough. Not nearly enough, but the Target commercial drew us towards each other. And I think I just probably interviewed you, like, in our director's chairs waiting yeah. <laughs> to film. <laughs> I think they were folding chairs at that there time. But yeah, like, really, un the iron, the uncomfortable mm -hmm. ones. But we did have a really good talk on yeah. that shoot. I remember I was at a an in, like an impasse in my life. I was in between living in uh, the Bay Area and LA. You were relatively new and yeah. trying to figure out like contracts and agents and and some of the deeper, darker workings of the industry yes. beast. And yeah, I remember really clicking and kind of going deep. Those onset talks can sort of uh, level off at kind of a surface. Yeah, degree but sometimes, we but we didn't we, do that. We dived. We went pretty deep. <laughs> we went we into dived, the heavy stuff, whatever the word is. Um, we dive in. <laughs> we dive in. <laughs> um, but like I mentioned previously, quality is better for Dana. Mm -hmm. So our interactions we've shared were worthwhile. Yes. Um, she just got back into town from assisting Chris Scott in New York for eight months on the new feature film, In the Heights. And I am so excited yeah. to start raging with her, like, right now. <laughs> so how are you? Like, what is going on? What is happening? Um, a lot is happening, and I always um, struggle to gauge, like, am I doing a lot or am I not doing enough? Like what, where do I land right now? Yeah. I feel for once in my life that I'm doing the exactly right things in the exactly right proportions. Um, yes, I just returned from New York City. I was there for almost eight months. I was one of the associates on, along with Ebony Williams, Emilio Dosal, and um, Eddie Torres Jr. who holy, <laughs> I'm very excited to be practicing. I'm very excited to be practicing not swearing today. Yeah, um, it's hard. <laughs> it's a creative challenge, though. I get mm -hmm. to use words that aren't those words. Yes. Uh, so I was an associate choreographer, a part of an incredible team at the helm, of course, Mr. Christopher Scott, who is phenomenal and is so hysterical. He's also. so fun. He helped me realize how much I value a sense of humor in a professional yes. setting. Like, knowing how and when to do that is incredible. Yeah. Um, I had a ball. That was a tremendous workload. Obviously, we had a team to tackle it, and I'm so glad that we did because I don't think any one person could have done that themselves. Yeah. So um, I had a ball with that. Well, I feel like that's always we talk about, like, the sideline banter. That's what I call, like, our chit-chats, like, in between takes or something, and it's just, like, the story behind why you're doing what you're doing. It doesn't matter if it's, like, right. a step clap or, like, whatever oh. it is. And I feel Give it like, a reason. And now you get to, like, talk about it. And yes. I, it's, like, cool. I like this that. Is why, this is why the movement coaching and working with actors is so wildly fulfilling because they have an imagination. They care about why. They care about how um, just enough to the point that they can do the how, but it's really not about how. It's about, like, okay, so what? Yeah. Like, what's the effect? What's yeah. the desired Because you can do outcome? any step that you want. Like, and you, I don't know. I feel like the easier steps are always the ones where it's like, wait, why am I doing this? And, like, how do I do it really good? Because the director only likes the step touches, and I want to do, like, I don't know, triple axles. I don't know. You know I what do. I mean? I do. I always <laughs> want to do a triple axel, but I am a fan of a step touch, I've, especially... Um, I guess I, I, even in my younger, like more performative days, I was never like a trickster. Never had the high legs or the multiple turns or the big jumps or anything. I was always more of the showman. 
Um, so I value character flair opposed to big mechanical flair. Yeah. Um, is that a thing? That's a thing now. It is mechanical a flair. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're just like giving some nuggets of words. We you are. Know? <laughs> We're just, just really giving you an expanded um, vocabulary of what dance is or can be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I value those. I value that side of dance a lot. That shows up with the Seaweed Sisters all the time. We we have a slogan: "Strength is not our strength." Oh my god, I love <laughs> We're that. We're not out there doing like the most athletic or like demanding material. It's thought imaginative. It's thought and character yes. driven. It's seriously silly, and yeah, we are about our dance like we're our dance is tight our moves are slick yeah <laughs> but it's really that isn't the focus yeah. of the work okay can you tell us like who is in seaweed sisters yes just, just, i feel like we need let to me name drop because just this is so cool and like how i guess this kind of happened like how you formed this little trio oh my gosh okay go <laughs> this is a good really good story um so the seaweed sisters are jillian myers megan lawson and myself or is it me or I no me and me and Jillian Myers Megan Lawson and me and Dana Wilson I darn it my mom is a real she really loves Stickler. to get me on the on the grammar front okay. um so the three of us I would I would categorize this as sort of oddballs in the industry in the commercial world so to speak we're not your typical body or look or skill set so we had never been hired together I feel like a job or a commercial specifically might have room for like one oddball. And then we've got the redhead, the blonde, the black girl, the Asian girl, the ethnically yeah. ambiguous girl. Then, you know, oh God. It's okay. Tapping them up. Nope, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so we had never been hired together. We'd never done a, a professional gig together. And I was asked to put together a piece for a benefit showcase. And uh, I was like, ooh, what a good opportunity to work with people that I don't get to work with. So I asked Jillian Magoo, I call her Magoo, we okay. call her Magoo. She's radical. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> Codename Magoo, uh, if they would want to do this this thing. But we had almost no time. So Isn't that always how it is? Always how always. it is. And it's actually great. I know. I think we do with good those under restraints, pressure. a lot of really creative stuff happens. So um, Megan and Jilly already had a piece that they had taught in class, you know, a chunk of moves. And they were like, well, could you learn that chunk of moves and then add a chunk of moves and then we'll just put a top and tail on it and perform. So we did. The first song that we worked on is um, Get Free by Major Lazer. And there are sounds in that song that are very underwater, like bloops and bleeps and bubbles and like wavy bits and funky, all funky, all funky, fresh, funky fresh good sounds <laughs> and so it kind of sounds underwater so the physical quality of movement a lot we would explain is like seaweed and uh, so we became the seaweed sisters that's how that began it is the perfect name <laughs> like I absolutely I just like love it like thank you and okay so I kind of googled a little bit and what are you doing with like children did you do is it like do you do family performances or is it just YouTube stuff like what was yeah. that about? so kind of came across by accident the live performance went very well, the, for the benefit that we did. And our friend Lando Wilkins, who if you don't know, please look up because he's so exceptional, such a great dancer and human. Um, he was there, saw the performance, and was like, oh, that needs to be on film. I'm going to do that for you. So just get that together, whatever you want to wear, where you want to be, figure it out, but I'm going to direct and capture 
this number is so special. So that was our first of, I think, six now or five video works. Um, we make one per year. It's all out of pocket. This is our passion child Your that we make together. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, because all three of us have these wild careers outside of the Seaweed Sisters that take us all over the world. Actually, this year, we have not made a seaweed project yet this year. Jilly's in Vancouver I know. working She's with Mandy. I was in New York. Megan directed Madonna's tour, oh Madam X. So we've, we've been all over the place. Um, but anyways, we come together and we do these seaweed things. The videos that we've created unintentionally have really drawn a young, young audience. And by young, I mean like three to seven. I've, I've got nieces and we've, we've all got nieces, nephews, young people in our lives that will cry if you take this away from them. Or I, I've, I've gotten feedback from parents that's like, we use Seaweed Sisters videos as like the carrot and the stick in our house. <laughs> it's like, do you want to watch a Seaweed Sister video later? Well, then you got to pick up your toys or whatever. Oh my gosh, I love it's, that. It's like parents are finding that this is like a huge motivator. We've created some sort of a world somehow that is attractive to very young people, but also to like our peers. So I flatter myself by saying that we are the Disney and Pixar of dance. I absolutely love that. Like we can it's make a thing, thing that like yeah. that an adult will see a deeper uh, underlying theme of, but a young person will watch it and be completely fascinated yeah no, so that's 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 our aim and that's what we we try to pull off once a year oh until we can make it our full time <laughs> that's always the thing it's I'm just so like excited. keep doing the quest drink up buttercup <laughs> she's drinking right now you guys <laughs> oh my gosh she knows how to drink <laughs> but what, okay what I really like about that though is that a lot of times um like you get with your friends and you do a project and then that's it. And then you're mm -hmm. like, but I love that you, I don't know if it was accidental or like based on your story of just like you wanted to work together, you made it happen once, but now you keep doing it. And I really like that. Because it's just so fun. It's yeah. just so fun. And we, we've developed a technique of working together that just perpetuates. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a saying that the best reward for good work is more work. And every time we do a good thing, we can't stop thinking about what the next yeah. thing will be. I love that. That's the Keep it up. Because I, I saw you. So there was a performance. I think they have it every year on the Santa Monica Pier. Mm -hmm. And it's just a bunch of, it's like a fusion of contemporary, hip-hop, like all different styles. And I saw you guys perform there. And it was stunning because it was the sunset. Oh, it's a and gorgeous And mixed place with Seaweed to be. Sisters. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> we like, were there like... We contemplated actually having a big finish by jumping off. I mean, the pier you should have, but that's next year. That's next year. Also, that's like <laughs> several swimming lessons later. None of us are actual seaweed. Yeah. Um, and you should have like ocean stunt is doubles. Very intense. You should have like three seaweed sisters stunt that's doubles. That's a great call. And like Michael surfers. Phelps. <laughs> yes, and exactly. Who else Olympians. Can we, get? Yeah. we need the best of the best. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so segue. Yes. Um, okay, so we were going to grab coffee this week. Yes. But instead. We're bringing coffee talk right to the pod. No big to the deal. To the living room. And I'm like really excited about this. I so am too. I have, I hope you're, I hope you're excited because you're doing your questions thing with your notecard. <laughs> I got questions for you, girl. I came preparado. Oh my God. I love that. I, nobody really asked me questions. Oh my gosh. So I have great. it here right in my well, put, gas mask bag out. that I'm using <laughs> as a purse. I love your, oh my God. It's like oh. a mini little notebook. I you love know that. what this actually is, Morgan what is and it? listeners? 
this is an all-weather notebook, so I'm going to go ahead and Stop. I'll give you a demo if you want oh a demo. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to dip my finger into this coffee oh cup God. that's not coffee, it's water, and I'll dab it all over my notebook. This is water. The pages are fully waterproof. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It's so good for on set when you never know when you'll be. Because you're writing in pencil, when it's, right? When it, or is or it pen? pen, either oh, way. okay. Yeah. Because every time I write in pencil, then it like smears and I freak out and I have to redo the whole page. The I hate it. Worst. I hate it. The worst. So anyways, okay. Do you want to go like round for round? Like you go, I go, you go, I go? Yeah. Or, or did you have a plan? Do you want to keep going? No, no, whatever you want. Okay. Because um, I was, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about um, Teeny Tina Dana and how you made it to the big city. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Well, that's. In, in short, maybe like a short version. No, that's or a long. Great. Um, for the record, and anybody that's been on a quiet set with me knows that I can talk. Do you have a signal for like wrap it up? No, just keep going. You, you do. Okay. You do. You. That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> you um, do. You. <laughs> my journey to the big city, I suppose, is much like several of our peers, and uh, I think you grew up with some convention world yeah. training as well. So I grew up at a dance studio. My mom put me in there when I was three. I think Wh- she where were you? What state are you from? Colorado. Okay, there Denver, it is. Denverish Aurora, okay. which is a suburb of Denver. Excellent. Love. I love Colorado. That was also a Wayne's World reference. Oh, subtle, subtle. Subtle. But I'm glad you love Colorado. I do too. I miss yeah. it terribly. I miss the air, primarily. I'm kind of an indoor cat. I wasn't really like on the mountains and I stuff. I love that but you said indoor cat. I'm such an <laughs> indoor cat. Like everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're from Colorado. You must like, you know, yeah. they they picture yeah, me as this hiking yeah. Boulder mountains thing. Mm. Not so much. Not so much. Not so much. A lot of dance studio. Yeah. Right. So back to the dance studio. Um, I think my older sister, three years older, was already in dance when I was born. So it was kind of a natural progression. Mom's taking sister to dance. Dana, saddle up, get in the car. Which, by the way, side story, I hated going to dance. Oh, my gosh. My famous line from my entire adolescence was, I don't want to go to dance. That's I'm going to put it on a (laughs) T-shirt. That's a good t-shirt. And I wouldn't just say it. I would wail it. I would cry and kick and scream, and I didn't want to go to dance. But apparently, according to my dance teacher at the time, I didn't mind being at dance. It was the transition It was the going to dance, which, ironically, I still don't like. It's the worst. I don't like the commute. Oh, Oh, God. I know. So, anyways, I didn't like going to dance, but I stuck it out. And, you know, like I said, I was never the best turner or kicker or jumper but I loved to perform. Uh, so that just became my life. Uh, a lot of my friends at school would joke like that I had no life, but the truth was dance was it. You and I the knew biggest life ever really huge life, such cool life. Uh, I knew probably by the time I was 16 that that's what I wanted to do. Um, there is a woman named Nina McNeely, who, if you haven't had on the show, have you? No, I haven't. Okay. Got to do it. Well, man, she's top notch. She's absolutely phenomenal and such a unicorn. Uh, she started training at my studio during her last couple years in LA. She's a little, a few years older than me. And when she moved to LA, I was like, Oh, that I have to do that. She, she is brilliant and she made it look so romantic and artistic and just wicked freaking cool to pursue this as a career. So I was like, that's it. I'm going to move to LA. I want to be in music videos. Like, 
um, B2K, bump, bump, bump. That was the one in the moment where I was like, yeah, I could do that. I could, wear, I could wear knee pads and shorts <laughs> and do hip hop. Um, and my mom, of course, was like, no, my child. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately at 18 years old, that's what I did. I packed up my car and moved to LA. And you just did it. And I just did it real, it very fearless. real quick. It, it was um, fearful, actually. I was terrified of it, but I had a good squad. I moved out at the exact same time as two of my best friends. Um, Chelsea Latimer, who is Michelle Latimer, my dance teacher's daughter, and Randy Kemper, who you yeah. must know, really the, wor- dig the her. world. Yes. She really dig both of these ladies. These are this is an awesome support squad. Um, also from Colorado around the same time, Tony Testa, Misha Gabriel, um, our friend Erica Tomlinson, who also is a fabulous dancer. And so kind of I, I yes, I moved to LA, but I moved with Colorado to LA. So I never felt the like that like kind of treading water or Chaos. gripping for yeah. something that I know because I had things that I yeah. knew already with me. That is such a good crew that you yeah. all, all the names that you just named. I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't know. Cause I was going to say after I said that I loved Colorado, is yeah. it like the best dancers are from Colorado? Oh, something <laughs> and then you kind of said it and I was like, Oh my God, that's There's great. I think it actually is not the water, but the elevation. Cause it, we just, yeah, there's we, some magic. I'm not, it's just the best. Oh, that's like, real. And Michelle yeah. Latimer. Ooh, she can yeah. train a working dancer. Yeah. She's so great. She's so good. She's got to have her on the podcast. I know. Um, so There's a lot of people. A lot of people. We're, <laughs> we're just going to get to them all. You can. We have time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, got here and then did the things. I had a, worked at Urban Outfitters to pay the bills. True story. I was um, a team lead in the men's department. Wow. Which, of course, I also, back then, really loved dressing like a boy. I have my moments still, but I would almost exclusively dress from men's department. I still, I shop in the boys' department because they have really good graphic the tees. best colors. Really good they tees. have the best tees. Oh. They're just, yeah, I know. I love it. Very hard to keep a paycheck when you work at Urban Outfitters. Yeah, PS. I was going to ask how you, yeah, <laughs> did you that just was buy challenging. everything? <laughs> well, I've, I've been pretty good at, I'm, I'm changing this now that I'm an adult that has some pretty lofty money goals, but um, my whole thought and my, my model around money at the time was work really hard and then pretend like you're broke. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I survived my moving to LA phase. I had a job. I pretended like I had no money and that is how I saved enough to, well, that and getting really lucky with time and place and gigs and yeah. opportunities. But I own a condo. I own my car. I am rewriting the starving artist story because I just don't subscribe to that. But I did it by working for almost minimum wage and from 6 a.m. to 3 and then auditioning yeah. all the rest Still of the time. Still doing everything. Yeah. I remember in our Target um, side banter, <laughs> you talked to me. We had like a full-on conversation about just money and like yeah. how you like shifted. I mean, it feels like you probably were like this at 18, but for me it was just like, oh, these past few years, like you've harnessed like the business aesthetic of being a dancer. You oh, know goodness. what I mean? And I, lo- and I really learned a lot. It was new that. to me at that moment. I think yeah. I had probably just found out that my like the percent the APY the annual percentage yield for those that like acronyms <laughs> on my savings account at Bank of America was 0.01%. Insert all the swear words that I have <laughs> and can't say. That's asinine. That's so yeah. ridiculous. So I moved all of my money to an online bank that doesn't have branches or anything, but where I was getting I think 
one full percent or like 1.7 percent instead of 0.01 percent yeah so you're just these smarter are, with your yeah. choices now and I like that well yeah because my model used to be work hard and pretend like you're broke and my model is now pretend like you're rich but make your money work harder for you yeah oh that's <laughs> like, good I yeah that's sort of that's where I'm at <laughs> I like it. Talk Keep to it me. Up. Talk to me in five years because maybe I'll have found out that that's not the way to go. <laughs> Put my big girl suit on, you yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, you strap up that onesie, you'd get it together. I love a jumper <laughs> way more than I love talking about money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Okay. I love a good one. Okay. So I asked you a question. Okay. What, what do you have for okay. me today, Dana? Well, let's back up a little bit because the reason I wanted to take you to coffee is because I want to talk to you about making podcasts. So last year, before I jumped on the In the Heights wagon... I was writing a book, and this book is a collection of insights, short stories, what have you, um, that I found to be very informative and maybe even inspiring, dare I say, to somebody who's seeking a career in art and entertainment. So I put together all of these golden nuggets of wisdom, pats itself on the back. Good job, and, Dana. <laughs> um, and then I kind of put it on the side burner would be a little too flattering. Let's just go ahead and say back burner. It was pretty deep, pretty far away actually Yeah. while I was working on the film. And I got back a couple weeks ago and I was like, ooh, what if I hate it? Like what if I take a look at the, at the book and what if I hate it? So I opened a little um, text note on my computer. I was like, I'm going to journal while I read it. I'm not going to edit or make any changes. I'm just going to, while I read, I'm going to keep track of my thoughts and feelings about what this is. So I'm reading and fortunately I was like, oh, that's kind of good. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. And then like a few pages in, I was like, oh my God, this isn't a book. Oh God, this isn't a book. This is a podcast. Holy smokes. I wrote a podcast. So then I I keep reading and I'm like, so-and-so has to come on to talk about this. Ooh, I really want to dig into this. Oh, this could be like three different episodes. I could, I could really elaborate on that. So I'm like, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a podcast. Um, although I have already done, like, I have the illustrations for the book. I have the ISBNs for the book. I got the lawyer to go over the book. I have an editor who's gone through several different versions of the book. But I couldn't shake this feeling that this is a podcast. So, of course, I start doing my research, digging out into the world of people I know that have done this sort of thing. Because you you said it before, and it's only partially true. I do believe in quality. I also believe in failing hard and failing fast. So if there's a way that I can really mess up early on so that I can make a great thing later, I want to do that. Yeah. So what I want to ask you about the podcast is what is the most challenging lesson you've learned from doing the podcast? Oh gosh. Like the hardest thing that made you better. Um, I think, okay. So I like I know I'm not an expert at it, and that is really annoying to me. Oh. Yeah, so I feel like that's just my general feeling right right off the bat, like because mm-hmm. I don't know what questions you're gonna ask, but mm. it was really hard for me to ask for help um, it, with stuff I didn't know, and I don't know anything about audio. I don't know anything about um, how to even upload podcast, like all like the logistics stuff. Yeah, like I yeah. didn't know what to do, but I was so excited to interview and to chit chat and like all the stuff that I knew I could be good at. I was like, I'm going to freaking dive hard into this and yeah, I can yeah, like yeah. do it. But it was really hard for me to, um, just Google everything Oof. or to, um, like I, I 
I've done like a lot of different roles on Dancing with the Stars, but one of them was like a behind the scenes for a season. Mm -hmm. And I asked like one of the producers, like literally this, like Uh we had this conversation and I asked her everything, like how to produce a show. Like, I don't know what goes into it. I mean, I know we've done so many different roles, but like we don't really know how to do a show, you know? I'm not saying this is a great show, but. (laughs) This is a great show. And on the subject of roles, the producer role is a very mystifying, the title producer is mystifying and I think it is that way on purpose. I think that from project to project, it means something different for every genre and for every project. So there is no one like answer to how do you do that? How do you produce a thing? It's like, it'll be different. Different projects have different requirements from that role. But yeah, there is so much smoke and mirrors around that. I just love content. Like I love producing content, but I don't really like all the steps to get it out there, I guess. Like (laughs) I I don't like that realm but you have to do it like it's just part of the job that you have to do it is um, arguably the most important job is yeah. getting it out there yeah we can make I'm things still trying, all day long again but. like I'm still really trying to figure this out but um I I did I think what I learned the most was branding myself I didn't really know that I was already kind of doing it mm-hmm. via whatever it was whatever platform I was on either if it was Instagram or just the way I was in rehearsals or mm-hmm. just the way like I just everything like you are a brand mm-hmm. and that is like you don't really get taught that you know what I mean or like you just to be an entity you're just like oh you have a great personality and keep it up and then right eh, whatever <laughs> but like okay there's so many other things that go into like how you brand yourself right so um yeah I guess harnessing that coming up with a logo and like just doing all the logistics stuff that were still me um and then I would say my secret weapon would be Josh yeah <laughs> he's shout out Josh <laughs> and he doesn't really get enough credit because I always am like oh I'm just like a one woman show over here but it's really not at all and oh. I cry all the time and freak out and like run to him for like all the stuff I don't know mm-hmm. and then all the stuff I am good at I'm like trying to be an expert Oof, God, this is great is that this a good answer a I don't answer. know it's <laughs> such a good answer actually one of the subjects that I want to cover on my future podcast that doesn't exist yet um, is parlaying strengths strengths into weaknesses and weaknesses into strengths because any strength if overused can really come and bite you in the booty. Um, And then also, of course you're like completely nailing it. I think a lot of the times in our field, especially we see people's success and we assume that they DIY'd it. We assume that, they are where they are because they singularly are great. We yeah. don't see the team that's working behind the scenes. We don't see them cry. We yeah. don't see them Googling everything. We just assume that they always knew it and always could do it. And that's why they're, they've gotten so far. This is so not the case. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's very cool that you and Josh have a, a team ship. Um, and that's the best partnerships are that way. Mm-hmm. Is somebody that has the strengths where you are weak. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I, I think if I, another lesson, not to snowball on top of, you know, learning lessons, all lessons, give it to me. I really downplayed him in my life because we've dated for a really long time and we're engaged and we aren't married yet. So it's like, how long have we been engaged? We've we've been engaged for a year and a half. Okay. I was engaged for a year as well. It's it's kind of a long, relatively. Yeah. I don't really know about those things. Yeah. A lot of people are like, what's wrong with you? Are you runaway bride? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I just, yeah, I just have downplayed him so much in my life. Cause I just have this quest and, and gumption inside that I want to do it all. And mm-hmm. then I'll be ready to get married, which I just need to stop 
thinking like that. But through this, it's like opened me up to like sharing him a little bit more and like being okay that like you can be in love and and do stuff too. But I didn't really like that. (laughs) So that's the emotional side. And then the business savvy side was just, I guess, branding. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's a really great answer. (laughs) Um, We could really talk about that for a long time, but let's carry it. Let's continue forward. Okay. Okay. Do you have, do you want to do another one? No, yeah. Do one more. And then. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. This is a great question. Other than the fact that you are like very good looking and that we together are, <laughs> are adorable. Electric. You know what this also <laughs> I want to point out? Like a fundamental difference between Morgan and Dana is that right now your footwear <laughs> is a gorgeous black stiletto, extremely sleek, and I'm wearing a clog. <laughs> I love that though. I was like Oh, don't don't you dare sleep on this clog <laughs> because it has lamb's wool on the inside i got a hand-signed letter from the guy that made this shoe um it's by a company called oh now i'm gonna sound like an idiot because i can't pronounce it oh it's okay fiat f-i-e-t not fiat not like the car although it is probably about the size of a fiat um the the f-i-e-t i I don't know but this my foot has never (laughs) been this happy i am telling you right now i'm floored Oh, that was a pun. I am floored. <laughs> I'm floored by this shoe. Okay, Wait, so. Wait, where is it from though? Like what is it, What? where did you get this? Um, I don't know where they make them, I want to say Switzerland, but again. Okay, okay, I, I felt like it was somewhere not in the U.S. It's definitely not in the U.S., okay. but the retail store, uh, there's one in Soho. Oh, and I'm cool. Sure, there's got to be one in LA somewhere. Yeah. Um, no, I told you, I was like, I was like, this is your wardrobe, dress like Dana, and I'll, I'll try and do that too. We're adorable. Okay, so that, <laughs> circling back to the the question before I got into the prologue to the question, um, why film? Why film it? Because why film the podcast? Um, okay, does it so does it land somewhere? Do you put it on um, YouTube? Okay, that's actually a good question. So because I want the interviews to be very intimate, mm-hmm. I didn't want to have another person in the room, so it's just us in my dining room <laughs> right now, and um, I don't have a photographer, but I like wanted really good content, so mm-hmm. we have um, a way to like basically brand on my like totally unorganized site. Got it. Which I have not visited, and now I feel like a tool belt for oh, not no, having done okay. my research. Yeah. Okay, so there's the website, and that's where the video content lives. In addition to the podcast, anywhere you can find podcasts, you get the audio version of it yeah I just googled how to do a podcast for for all the logistic stuff but the videos um I'm like slowly I'm trying to find a cool way to like promote them Mm -hmm. because right now it's all via Instagram that's it like um so the videos just act as a camera like live action camera dig it dig it okay (laughs) that's great I also want to call you out because being that the title is totally unorganized (laughs) I have to tell the world that being in the space and being with you I think that's a bit of a misrepresentation because <laughs> your place is so sweet and immaculate and beautifully decorated. And I do feel like I'm in the space of somebody that has it super together. Wow. Oh, that's well, again, like this podcast kind of derived from I turned 30 in January okay. and I just really wanted to get it together. That's literally the only thing. Like, and I was just like, oh my God, like I felt really unorganized. Like yeah. I really did. And um, yeah, this is just one way to get it together <laughs> this is great I think it's a very smart thing to do um I also think that this could parlay into maybe a book for you perhaps we call it more organized more now where you this I'm is like the there. story of your of your like future self and how together she is 
I hopefully one day we're just really going to nail it. I think we're nailing it already. <laughs> I think we're on our way to nailing, nailing it forever. Yeah. I have learned through the guests that nobody really has it together. You know, like it's just. Oh, something. absolutely not. Uh, it's, it, I really want to meet somebody that, and just like have them just give us this book of yeah. like, this is how you do it. And yeah. then it's just really not. Oh, no, there's no book. <laughs> um, all these just, you know, shenanigans and like life happens to a lot of people and you don't always see it so it's like been nice like talking through that with people that you admire or you're friends with or like all you know realms oh my gosh yeah listening to a handful of your episodes I was like oh my god I did not know that about that person that I thought I really knew very well yeah so it's it's very cool I in general I'm a sharer my husband believes I'm a bit of an oversharer, <laughs> but good, I, though. It's magical. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a part of a dancer's nature where it's a very giving thing to put your thoughts and feelings in your physical form out in front of people. Um, that usually means that, you know, that kind of transcends from stage or screen or studio into your real life. I find that yeah. the dancers in my life are the most giving and, and sharing and caring types that I know. And I watch, I watch a lot of interviews just as, cause, um, okay. I mean, I didn't want to go into this, but whatever. Um, like when, like at growing up in the studio, like at the time we had no Netflix or any like content stuff. Like all I saw was music videos with mm-hmm. dance, you mm-hmm. know? And if there was any shows that my friends would be talking about at school, I had never saw them in real time. Uh. So if I like taped them on my VHS. Oh yeah my dad would tape over them with a football game and I was just crushed. I know. So I would have to go to like a specific, we didn't have a lot of TVs too. Like, you know what I mean? So I would, I would like freak out and be like, I'm taping this on my VHS, whatever. And then I'd watch, I don't know, Gossip Girl, whatever it was on. And then, um, like, the only shows that I watched were David Letterman and Jay Leno. Like, because I would do my homework with them. My mom would like let me, like she would stay up and like we would do homework. Who was your favorite? I loved David Letterman. Okay. I loved him. Okay. Like I loved all of his interviews. But my the way the what I'm trying to get to is that I only saw actors interview or like people like I never saw dancers get interviewed. Ooh. And I never like at a, growing up at a studio I would have loved to like hear besides that conventions, like that was like you get this tiny little snippet with people that like are doing what you want to do. Oh my gosh, but aren't they but, heroes? Yeah. They're and, up on that stage and, and they you're don't like, really, that's it. Yeah, and they don't really talk about them like at all. Mm-hmm. And so I I think that's why I love like movies so much is because I like got to know like actors through their interviews. And um yeah, so I've always like been a chit chatty interviewee type of person. Yeah. So I like I just don't really think dancers have a huge platform to talk a lot about mm-hmm. just like where all their process and everything comes from, even though I know like YouTube and there are a lot of platforms, oh, but we're getting there. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting there. But I just thought it would be so interesting to just interview people in my own life yeah. who I think have it together, regardless if they're like a huge stage name or like uh, whatever, or yeah. there's a huge stage name in my eyes, you know, like for sure you dance with Justin Timberlake. That's freaking amazing. Like that's just one credit. Like, yeah. you know, like everyone has these really awesome credits, but um, we don't I'll, really get to know them. I think a lot of my favorite dancer, favorite, favorite dancers are not names that you, the listener, would know necessarily. It is a very cool time for dance right now because dancers' names are becoming household names. There are people that do not know diddly squat about dance, but they do know who Travis Wall is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is a very cool time for dance in that way. Um, and I've always, I think one of my favorite parts about dance is actually dancers from a very young age. I didn't love, obviously I didn't love going to dance, but I, I didn't even love some of the things that most people love about dance. Like 
performing, like winning or competing always made me very uneasy. I was not, competition didn't motivate me. It kind of uh, stressed me out. Um, I think that's, I don't think I'm unique in that, but there are a lot of people that are like really love to compete. I wasn't that person. I don't love, love, although I'm getting better at doing it because I love the way I learn in this space, but I don't love social dance. Um, I'll watch all night long, but going to a, like a tango, a milanga makes me sweat so hard. I'm so nervous because I'm like, everybody's looking at you. They're expecting you to dance. Somebody's going to ask you to dance, but it's mostly just because you're young. It's not because you're good. You're going to get up and everybody's going to know you're not good. And then nobody's going to ask you to dance ever again. Like the, yeah, a lot of the dance things that most dancers love are not things that I love, but I do love dancers. I love people. So that's why I'm here. And that's why I'll be one of those dance types forever because I'm fascinated by us. Yeah, we're, we're really we're radical. So cool. Yeah, no, yeah. we really are. No, we and really I, like, are. Believe us. And it, yeah, just just keep <laughs> just take it. our word. <laughs> just do it. Just do what we say. <laughs> I think that's it. Oh no, no, I wanted to say one more thing. Um, so, and I'm just like rolling right now. This is great. We're um, rolling. Okay, so I think that you, I think I I relate to you in this sense because I feel like your name is very important to you. I don't know if it is. I really because I don't know you like super super well. However, like well, it's what people call me. It's yeah. How I, I, I know like, when people are talking to and me? And like the your worth attached to your name is like very important. And I think like sometimes that gets lost when you're when you're performing under like so many other people are so many artists oh, yes, or like I see what you mean. um movies or whatever it is and then it's just like oh you're you're part of this amazing thing but like everyone doesn't they only know the top tier names mm-hmm. and so i really thought long and hard i think when i did turn 30 i was just like my name is like everywhere and nowhere mm-hmm. like literally everywhere and nowhere and i just like don't know what i want it to be specifically attached to and like to harness all my energy into yeah. while while doing all these like amazing things like yeah. and we're working and doing all the stuff so I th- really took that into account too like like what I wanted to be the CEO of <laughs> because yeah. anyone can be a CEO like I don't even care like I was really nervous to want to be powerful or like want to like have something like that mm-hmm. but but when you see other people have it you're like oh it actually like if you just you can have it too you know and it's not I don't know do you yeah. feel like that I feel like you're like that but well, I, I 100% see where you're coming from, and I agree. I think that one of the unique challenges about dance is that it is simultaneously a team sport, but you, if you are not, if you don't show up for yourself as the star, then you will not get to be that. Like, you, dance doesn't happen from one person alone in one room for their whole life. At some point there is somebody else's hand at play. There is a teacher or there is a dance partner or there is an amuse or an inspiration that comes from elsewhere. So it's not the type of craft that you can refine completely on your own. And especially in the entertainment industry, very few projects will be truly a one-man show or a one-woman show um, as far as dance goes. So there will be almost always on every project a music department, actors, writers, producers, directors, a village, if you will, that builds this dance thing. Um, and, and it doesn't so often happen that the dancer or the choreographer even is at the top of that, um, you know, pyramid, if you will. So it can be a thankless job to be a dancer, to be part of a team that has to show up as if you're the star. Otherwise the team fails. Cause if not every dancer on that set is 
completely solid as one person. Like, the team doesn't do a batma. Every single dancer has to do a batma, and they all have to do it really, really great for that moment for that to take. take off. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to be a singular, and you have to be a team player. And the the true professionals are both in equal parts. Oh, my gosh, it feels so good. And also, in this in this game, the industry, uh, there are many things that we can't control. Like, I, I cannot control the casting breakdown of that of whatever this commercial is that you're looking for i can't control right now at 11:30 in the morning that i am a blonde with dark roots and what you really really wanted was a redhead yeah can't actually control that right right now but i can control how i show up for myself in my training how i wake up in the morning the thoughts and feelings that i that i let drive me out yeah. in the world and the way i make things so I just, I don't know. I like to focus on the things that I can control. Because yeah. in this world, there's so much that is not. I know. That, that we can't. Yeah. And you just have to put up with to like do what you want to do. You know what I or, mean? Or like, you get to put up with it. Yeah. Because really like, I don't know. I'm I'm getting b- much better at this because I overheard myself talking recently. Because it's meta. But I was like watching myself in a room where I was complaining about the weather. It was like only a couple weeks ago, so it's November, and I was like, God, it is so hot. I cannot do this heat. This is too much. Really, truly, it was like 90 plus. It was very hot. But the truth is, like, I absolutely can do heat. Like, I absolutely can totally survive. I have this really awesome insulated water bottle that has very cold water in it, and I have my car, which has air conditioning, and this building is, like, everybody's fine, but I was really lashing out, and it made me um I did not like the way I looked in that moment uh to myself and I saw myself through the room's eyes and the room was like girl really you're out of control yeah so um I've decided that I am not uh I don't I don't want to be a part of complaint culture anymore and that our culture loves to complain holy smokes have you read Yelp it's fascinating (laughs) I feel like some of the some of the most interesting reading I'm doing is like Amazon reviews and Yelp reviews it's hysterical (laughs) it's complaints and sometimes you get a really good like a good review but um ultimately we get to do what we love to do for money and it's okay that I might sit for six hours on one of those crappy iron folding chairs in between takes like that is totally okay it's also okay that it's 95 degrees in november i mean maybe on a global level that's not okay (laughs) and we should be doing our best effort to like really help control that's the problem but we don't need to lash out and cry about it oh my gosh i like that that was good that was really good dana (laughs) good job you keep it up (laughs) (laughs) i plan on it um okay so how let me ask you a question then we can go back um okay so how did you start I guess like curating your content via social media or like Ooh. your branding okay. aesthetic. Okay. Um, let me jump back to, I think it was 2012. Is that a thing? 2012, was that a year? Um, oh, I stepped on my cord. Um, okay. <laughs> I was not a person that really pursued having a social presence until I think 2012. So this was... Um, the beginning of my second world tour with JT. And I remember being really frustrated at where the dance world, quote, finger quotes, was going. Everybody's filming class, which I had a problem with, which I would love to talk about more if we have time. Um, And, 
Instagram was becoming a thing and I just had this kind of chip on my shoulder about what all of that meant or what I was making that mean. And um, around that same time, I became introduced to a character on Instagram called Adam Carpenter. That's actually his the character in real life as well as on Instagram. His name is Adam Carpenter and he is not a dancer. He is an actor slash comedian slash clown slash alien who was doing a daily dance every day on Instagram. He And this was back when it was limited to 15 seconds, the good old days yeah. as, as I like to call them. And um, I was obsessed with this guy's daily dances. So that was sort of the gateway to me embracing what dance on film can be in short form. So uh, I began, began engaging with him on Instagram. We eventually met and we did a video together in downtown LA in the back alley of some um, garment district place. So there's a bunch of mannequins and they were almost exclusively the bottom halves of mannequins. They're just butts, butts Stop. everywhere. So we did a small, a 15 second dance to baby got back like you do. Of course and you do. It, um, while we were making it, I was asking him all the questions like I'm doing to you. Like, what has this taught you? Why are you doing this? Um, what's the hardest part? What's the best part? And he ultimately kind of challenged me to do it and figure it out for myself. And it was like, you know what? I will. And the next day, we left for our European leg for the tour and it became my job. And I did way over 365 consecutive days of Instagram videos. And that, oh, it changed my life in the best ways. I've always been somebody that has ideas and has them with great frequency <laughs> and, and, and momentum, but completing things was never a strength. So for me to, in one day, get the idea, execute the idea, and ship the idea changed my whole creative life. It's the best challenge that I've ever taken on, and I would recommend it to anybody that thinks they have a, uh, a creative calling of any sort. It's just, it's just gave me such great discipline um, and was such a quick feedback loop. I learned really fast what people like and what people don't like. Yeah, and Instagram good. is that's great good. for that because yeah. you get the feedback immediately. Um, so anyways, that's what, that is the thing that helped me um, introduce myself to a world as a content creator, as a person that makes things. Yeah. And um, I'm really glad I did it. I eventually stopped doing the daily videos, I think after 400 and some, because I mean, that's a lot of videos. <laughs> oh, daily. So it became, you know, it was like, like, Oh, here comes the girl with the camera. And I, at a, at a time I, you know, I got married. I wanted to have some semblance of privacy or normalcy in my life. Uh, not to mention I would look at the in-between moments as I, you know, I filmed everything everywhere. I become, I became a person that really understands cameras and the value of having a having a bag that has everything I need in it um but I would watch myself in between takes and I saw the look on my face and I was like oh you're miserable but you're just like it's oh, time I gotta to get stop through this. Like, yeah, yeah you're yeah. not doing this for the right reasons anymore yeah. or whatever it is that I was meant to soak up from that experience I'd been soaked up the sponge yeah. was full and then wrung dry and yeah, then I was it. like okay moving on but yeah I hope I hope that answers your question no, that was great. the project that gave me the um the attitude and the excitement about presenting myself in a way and that way was by the way sometimes not very good looking it was make it every day not make a perfect thing but make something every, every day, day even yeah. if it sucks and I part of my brand is 
I, I think, I like to think that part of my brand is being relatable. I am not about being perfect. I am about being memorable. And I think that out of 365 videos, at least 15 of them are really good and memorable. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I also love that like you, I relate to this too, because I like stress over, uh, over stuff that's like, it's, I'm stressing myself out over it. Oh, for sure. You are the reason why you are stressed. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, you're doing this completely just, you're out doing yourself every single, for three or 400 days. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and just staying consistent and like making yourself do it, Mm -hmm. like is so, that's like a lesson, you know, that you didn't even know you were doing and uh, while you were doing it. Well, first it's a lesson and then it's a character trait. Because at the beginning, it was very hard for me. And every day was an opportunity for me to not do it. Yeah. Like, every day was like, like well, okay, I could I'll just, just do not it. do weekends. Yeah. Or I could do, like, one month and then, like, take a couple weeks off. Like, every day was an opportunity for me to bail. And then by the time you have checked more boxes than you have left unchecked, it's a part of who you are. I am a person that does the thing that I said I would do. Yeah. And that is 365 daily videos and then you do it you're like yeah. I'm a person that's doing a podcast and so you do it even though you're crying while you're googling what <laughs> wave format is best or like or yeah. if this is the best microphone or whatever you know what yeah, I mean everything there was one week so the um I'll tell you one story where I, I really hyperventilated cries <laughs> I'm not proud like of, ugly I'm, cry I'm not proud of this oh. moment but I was it's hard to do like you know passion projects while you're also working on the clock and I'm like super I like love being busy to mm-hmm. the point where I'm like oh my god I can't handle this you know oh, what I mean yes and so I was I was doing a work of really crazy like hours we filmed at Disneyland so our shoot I was just like off like during the week because mm. we like did two film from like um, midnight to 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So then you're like off mm. for the rest of the few days. Oh. Yeah. So Sunday nights are like, it's like doomsday <laughs> because I release every Monday morning. Okay. Got it. And so it's like, like, it's like homework. Like you're back in high school or like, or college where you're just like, you have to do this cram, thing cram. Monday morning. So I'm like trying to edit everything and like pull up all the con- content and do all this stuff. Oh. And I always want to release like Monday mornings. Instead of Monday nights. I don't know why. I just put this on whatever. It's totally self-imposed, that pressure. <laughs> yeah. And so I just was like, oh, like, I just, I am so tired. Like, I can't finish. Like, I'm just going to wake up tomorrow morning and, mm-hmm. like, do it in Monday morning. And then it'll just come out when it's supposed to. And, like, whatever. I was, like, so upset at myself. Really had a and Josh was just like, seriously, Morgan, it is not that hard. Like, it's not that hard to edit and do all these things. And, like, you know, and I was so mad that he said that Uh because I was like, you don't even know my week that I had. I know it's dance, and I don't, you know, I'm whatever. But it was really hard and, like, whatever. Yeah. And I was just just so busy complaining about all the stuff why I couldn't do it that I was taking up like 20 minutes of editing (laughs) and he was like like, Morgan like I was in university doing night shoots he was in the movie Hairspray Mm -hmm. um and and so I was going to university and filming Hairspray at the same time like I know you can do this Oh, like, I was so wow. I was so mad because he totally knew. Like you know, when you just want someone to be like, I want you to agree with my side of it. Yeah, and like you have no idea what I went through, but he mm-hmm. had every idea what I went through and did it. So then I stayed up that night and I did it and I released it Monday morning. And right. so now I like I'm trying not to complain, but I just get really like stressed out Sunday nights. <laughs> Feel you, even though it's like I just put it on myself. You well, know, that's also that's you figuring out your workflow and like yes. for you that is a priority to release at this time. I've learned lately, especially that my workflow, I I work optimally very early in the morning 
and then really late at night. These are the quiet hours when the rest of the world isn't doing stuff. I, I'm not my best performer while there's a lot of other things going on, be it in the room or out there in the world. That's like, I like to be out there for that. I like to yeah. be like, I'm taking a class or we're having a coffee or I'm helping my husband at the shop and I'm doing the things. But in the early morning hours, yeah. I am cranking things out and at night I crank. But yeah. I do, I have noticed that my sleepy brain, this is very exclusively me, by the way, when I'm tired, it's not good work. I, so I, I have learned the value of knowing when for me, and maybe Josh could keep plowing. Actually, <laughs> people like Josh and my husband probably very similar. My husband works very well when there is excessive time pressure. He works really well when he doesn't have the resources that he needs, That when he doesn't have the money or the time or the support. He kills. He fires, it, yeah. Right. I am not that guy. I yeah. am going to go to bed, and I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have a little meditation. I'm going to have my cold brew, and then my ecosystem has you know, it's reached its peak, like yeah. Dana standard. Yeah. And then I, and then I ship, like then I get good work done and then I can ship it. Oh, Everybody's yeah. got their ways though. Yeah. It's and crazy. I, there is a lot to be said for somebody who can like pedal to the metal mm -hmm. and get it done he, regardless I of think the time. Cause he like knows me too. Cause I had to film, I had to get up, um, and like be at like um be back set, like yeah. at 7 a.m on monday morning Ooh. so if i didn't stay up and do it like he knew it wouldn't have come out at all on monday right you know and so he like he, that's why he's my secret weapon like he knew mm -hmm. what i needed and to mm -hmm. like push me in like a good realm right. but i was so mad at him <laughs> I, was, like, I was just so mad and, oh my like, god lost in the complaining situation instead of being like what the heck like i'm doing something good and it's, it has my name on it i yeah. got what i wanted and yeah. now i'm the one that's like not doing it like yeah Having a scarcity mentality around time is another thing that I'm really working on changing about myself because the more you think I don't have enough time, the less time you have because you're sitting thinking about how little time yeah. you have. I'm really changing my ways about that oh, because yeah. ultimately, especially if you have a small team, which yeah. Josh is, by the way, a small team, <laughs> he's so capable, <laughs> um, then you have multiplied your working hours because you have this person that can help you, whether it's in the form of actually getting things done, like an upload or um, making a post for you yeah. or just being there in support and keeping your head in the right direction. Yeah. Like that is actually adding time to your day. People say that time is a limited resource and I'm starting to think that 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 is not true because yeah. if I delegate then I've like absolutely multiplied my time mm -hmm. just by making your time my time yeah like it's just <laughs> I know but that's what teams are that's why that's why the world is made up of companies not individuals this is like work gets done by teams by sharing a load and yeah. so with that being said <laughs> maybe and you'll find you'll probably know when the time is right when the podcast needs an intern or a somebody that does the this or the that. Yeah. Um, but, and, the, and there is also, that's the real sweet spot because I love a DIY. I had a, a YouTube series 104 years ago. I know I look really good. <laughs> I, I sleep in paraffin wax. Um, but I had a YouTube series that I wanted to write, market, star in, choreograph. Um, I scheduled it. I paid for it. I was the project manager of it. And ultimately there are people who are way better at those things than I was, but I felt that 
it would take too long to explain to somebody else what I wanted, so might as well just do it myself. This is a whole nother subject, by the way, like the idea that you have to do something by yourself in order for it to be like really yours. I have to let that go because the the, the scale of the things that I want to be do that I want to be do <laughs> the scale of the things that I want to do cannot be accomplished alone cannot be accomplished alone I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true your mom's gonna my mom's gonna come she's that. gonna go well the grammar <laughs> and then also the psychology of that can be done alone but whoa that would take a really long time yeah. and a lot of effort like there are people whose job it is to do that one piece and they're so good at it they could do it in their sleep yeah. versus it would take me weeks of yeah. like crying and things like that yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know there's a time and a place I know it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. life. It's so good, you guys. It's really exciting. What is your favorite thing about doing this? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, uh, I think it's kind of like um, um, like documenting phases of my life. Yeah. Um, and also thanking like the people that I bring in yeah. and just, just like getting to kind of honor them. And they don't, I think like every time they leave, they're just like, oh, I didn't know like you felt this way or like all these things. And, and it's just like, a cool way to honor them. Even like just when it comes down to just like wardrobe and stuff, like I just like love the person that I bring on and I want them to be you and you know, and that, and I like I think that. That is a very cool element of the podcast and a very creative <laughs> thing to do, by the way, because being an, uh, distributed in the audio format one wouldn't always consider that the actual dress like your what you show up in is a part of this process for you and so cool and so typical of a dancer by the way because (laughs) the feel that the clothes give you changes the way you move through the space and through your life I'm a huge fan of yeah of wardrobe ask my tax lady. Yeah. <laughs> She's like so uniforms. You have to invest in yourself, what right, Shayna? You That's what we your say. Money you do. And it's part <laughs> of my brand. <laughs> Onesies, jumpers, colors. Well, that's yeah. that's what I have for you. And I am so jazzed that you're doing this. It's very inspiring and it's very fun to listen to. Um, I think you're the shiznit. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, go. What else do you have? What do you Okay, have? so I feel like this is a good segue to actually discuss style. Style is like a huge part of me and that's why I loved integrating it into like, I don't know, my this scenario. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about we kind of discussed like your shoes, but like oh, just like guys. your whole style and how it evolved. Were you different in Colorado than you were in LA? Like how did this happen? Oh, of course. I was I if you were to look at high school photos of me, different, definitely, but um, influenced by film, often. Influenced by music, yes. Pop culture, absolutely. I was right there with you, watching MTV, TRL, after school. Like I, The VHS that I recorded of all the performances was not titled like TRL or Britney or NSYNC. It was titled Wade Robson. Of course. Because of course. We, as yeah. the dancer, I'm like, that's why those things are great. So let's just call it what it is. This yeah. is my Wade Robson tape. Um, so yes, I've always been inspired to express myself with clothing. Um, and like when I was back in Colorado, it was very cool um, thrift thrifting, like thrift store shopping and wearing secondhand clothing and like studying it or tearing it and like distressing it. Doing more with it, Um, Absolutely. I wore like crazy things wrapped around my wrist all the time. I very much loved the movie Gone in 60 Seconds where Angelina Jolie had um, white lady dreadlocks. I would wake up an hour and a half before school to 
do little white lady dreadlocks in my hair. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've always really liked characters, like putting on a, a an item, whether it's a shoe or a suit, um, that made me feel different than yeah. the way I felt without that thing on. Yeah. So I've always loved dressing up and, and yeah. kind of make-believing. Um, but right now, I would say that my style is as much about function as it is about expression and the fashion side of it. Um, my husband has played key in that. This is a man, by the way. I forget, like, people don't know my husband. A lot of people don't know my husband. In fact, he came to the World Choreography Awards with me recently, and Chloe Arnold, who's fabulous, uh, the syncopated ladies, and educator and entrepreneur and absolutely brilliant woman um, who I've known for years, like probably 12 years. She was like, so you exist. Part of me thought that you were made up. A lot of people say that about Josh yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my husband and I met on an airplane. We'll have a different podcast. So completely to talk about that. We're going to call the podcast love at first flight. Oh my gosh. So we met on an airplane and he is an engineer. He um, did go to school for sculpture. In many ways, he's more of an artist than most of the people that I know who call themselves artists are, but he is a scientist. He's a technician. He's a machinist. He is a man that makes things with his hands and his hands are like nail files. Like they're rough and I could, you know, he's that. Yeah. Um, wait, where was I going? I'm so in love. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. Oh my about. God. He's such a dream. Um, Right. Daniel, functionality. There it is. So he has gotten me on this military tip where the pockets have a function. The zippers are in a certain place because of the thing. I really love utility and efficiency. I like having all the things that I need and I like being able to do anything at any time, yeah. which is why heels are not such a frequent part of my life <laughs> lately <laughs> because I cannot run from the popos in them. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess my, my personal style yeah. is a combination of being character driven and, uh, by driven, I mean driving towards the way that I want to think and feel. And then the other side is being driven towards the things that I want to make at that yeah. time, like what shapes or what speeds or, you know, yeah. things like that. Were you ever, okay, because we, we have done a few auditions together and I just always oh, remember. I don't even good. know if you. Were you like, at the mime one? Were you at the one when I dressed as a mime? No, I don't think so. Oh. I would have remembered that. I would, like, <laughs> yeah, you I've been to a few auditions that you were like helped run, but then also okay. we were dancing, like we were both auditioning for something at the okay. same time too. But um, I just remember being like, oh, she's like such a risk taker. Like mm -hmm. she would, she showed up in that, you know, <laughs> and, and were well, you ever, yeah. and then I, I remember like there was a few people when I, like early on when I was auditioning that I was like, I could never wear what, like what I actually want to wear. Like I have to wear what, you know, I would like, what cater. You should wear. I would like downplay Morgan at auditions. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped doing that. Cause I was like, what the heck? Like, mm -hmm. why did I even consider that? Mm -hmm. Whatever. I, I'm a self-proclaimed specialist, uh, at the whole dress for the audition and then but just and, as and you. then execute the audition. Yeah. Right. There's you, um but were you ever nervous to like dress like you or you Morgan, know what I mean? I wish you could have been at my first audition in LA. Okay. Because this is the other thing that we do. We always compare our chapter one to somebody else's chapter twenty. Yeah. Like whatever that audition was that we were together when I was being myself, you missed the 
thousand auditions where I was trying to be whatever they wanted me to be. Okay. I've had every color hair you can imagine. My agent has tried to convince me to play the girl next door. Like, you're never going to be the urban hip hop vibe. You should really play up the, you should try, oh my God. So let's boil it down and follow back for my, like, very long episode on the subject. If you round off all your corners to fit in the shape that whatever somebody else thinks you should be in, you lose your edge. So I have, I am completely fatigued of trying to adapt to whatever the casting breakdown asks for. Instead, as I mentioned this before, and this is the rule that I live by, I would rather be memorable than perfect. So I, even if the casting is asking for something that I'm kind of close-ish to or could bend into, show up as me anyways, because they'll see me and then whatever they hire me for, I won't have to bend into anything. Yeah. Get to just be that thing. I like that. Oh man, it's that so took me easy. Really long. I'm still. I feel like I'm. Maybe this year I'm like okay with now. Like I just I'm gonna wear exactly what I want. And, yes, you, know, you are. Yeah, and so like and with, with a body took, like that, oh, come on. <laughs> well, you could wear nothing. Well, I've always I've always loved style, but I catered mm-hmm. to the event that I'm at. Like oh, sure. this is where I can like thrive. Oh, and this is whatever. Blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. Like I really think about like where I am and what I can wear. I've mm-hmm. always done that, mm-hmm. but I just remember there's a handful of like dancers my early years auditioning and I was just like oh like I should have just yeah like now I just don't now I'm like I'm a middle in the pack dancer because I'm just wearing what everyone else is and I was like I would be at these auditions leave and then I'd start learning that like oh I how do I be top tier like I just show up as me you know and then like it's 100% yes or or uh, yikes spikes no right (laughs) but it's but it's noticed yeah but I still feel that but I do it anyways now whereas like so I just was wondering cool oh man the audition thing so there's like doing your homework and finding out what will be expected and knowing when to be that and then knowing when to stand out. There's a thing where people ask for wear all black or wear a certain thing. And the first time I got that ask was for uh, Rhapsody James was recreating her show, The Sirens Assassins. And she was looking for, in the breakdown it says, looking to replace existing characters as well as some new characters. Bring your ideas. Um, and then she says, we're all black, da-da-da. It's women only. And I know that the... The genre is like sexy femme fatale, which again, clogs. This is not what I lead with. I do not lead with femme fatale. I can put it on if I need to, but um, I knew that I would need a gimmick or I knew that I would need help. Dana, you need a little bit of Dana. I need something (laughs) something else. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to wear all white. I'm going to paint my face white. I'm going to be a clown. No, clowns are kind of scary. I'm going to be a mime. Holy smokes. I'm going to be a mime who's... Okay, so the the theme of Sirens Assassins is that these are women that have unusual talents or characteristics or actual things that help them kill people. Okay, so like one of them is a card dealer in in Vegas and she like throws a card and it'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or one of them is like a jeweler and she has this pick and she... Okay. Yeah. So I decide that my mime character will have invisible weapons that cause visible damage. So imagine I swing an invisible bat, but blood splatters on the wall behind you. Oh my god! Or I I like unhinge a... Or I take the ring out of a hand grenade and then a bunch of dancers jump and they, you know, they they fall to the ground. So I'm like, this is actually really brilliant. 
my roommate at the time was a makeup artist, so she helped me do a face, which, true story and little known fact, once a mime is photographed with their, with, with their makeup or their face, that face becomes copywritten. It is theirs and exclusively theirs. Oh my and they could take, they, they could take active measures and like, like oh if God. you tried to steal my face, we'd have a mind battle. Oh. <laughs> so oh I, I created my face and I wore a little mime outfit and I went to this audition as a mime. That's not the real part. What it really comes down to, and you know this as well, is execution. Yeah. Like everybody can have like a gag, but yeah. if you execute it, I, I didn't, I think the audition was like three or four hours. I did not speak to eh me one for the entire thing obviously I mean, oh. oh my gosh but what it meant was while everyone else was killing themselves to get noticed I mean like six inch heels and aerials like front handsprings back handsprings the splits everybody's in like very little clothing and doing these very intimidating things all I had to do was pretend to lean on a wall and smoke a fake cigarette and swing a fake bat or a golf club or pull the ring out of a hand grenade and the room was in the palm of my hand. I booked it. Oh my gosh. And then I had to get a mime coach because I didn't know You're anything like, oh God, about oh mime. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh um, God. And then this is just kind of the funny way that the world works, but my mime coach changed my dance life. And he and I have since become very good friends. We created a, a new masterclass series called Mime Technique for Dance. And it's changing a lot of people's lives. I think that mime and dance are very, very closely related. And yeah. I love cross-training. I take acting classes. I've taken improv comedy classes. I've taken clown workshops. I really, I love cross-training. Um, recommend it. Anyways, so that was an example of being brave yeah. that could have really backfired, right? Like I blatantly disobeyed the rules. They asked for all black. I didn't do that. So you could, somebody, if it wasn't Rhapsody, who's a person that I know, could have been like, that person can't follow directions, out. Yeah. So that could have backfired. But I know Rhapsody a little bit. I also know that she asked for new ideas and yeah. I knew that I had a great idea. Yeah. Not just a new idea, but like a good, relatively well-formed idea. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I've done that a handful of times. Also, I've actually booked three jobs as a mime since then. One of them was for Brian Friedman. Same story. He asked for everybody to wear all black. I showed up as a mime. And then whatever it was that we were, we were doing, I think the Billboard Awards for Justin Bieber, he was the creative di director and made mimes a part of the show. Oh, my so gosh. I, could, I know. Sometimes they Kylie, just take what you did. Because it's an opportunity. Most auditions, like, they don't really know what they want yet. Absolutely They're trying to figure it out not. just as much as... As yes. we're trying to yes. get the job, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. So it's like that. I love that's that why be memorable yeah. because you're trying to be perfect, but the perfect thing, they don't even know what they want yet. Yeah. So you're kind of watering yourself down into a direction of what you think they want. They don't know what they want. You might've just been it by showing up as yourself. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a really good story. Okay. So for our last question. Yes. <laughs> You've done so phenomenal so far. Oh God, thank you. <laughs> really good job. This is, this is, I think this is my first guest podcast nope it's not nick drago 100 years ago oh my gosh yeah I oh like my gosh him. so much Maybe fun have him on. you he's really good. must he's, he's in saudi arabia right now oh okay he's, yeah he's with all the boys okay yep. um okay so what is the best advice that you've ever received <laughs> okay okay so this is this is okay I'm going to give you two parts. Christopher Scott would laugh so hard because anytime you ask me for one thing, like Dana, what's your one most embarrassing move? I'm going to give you two. Okay. <laughs> if you right. ask for one, like, <laughs> this, is, this is what I do. You get a lot of bang for your buck here. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to give you like my, my mantra, like my kind of guiding principles in life. And then also the best advice, the best advice that I can give is don't take advice from people who got lucky. That's good. Like, I, I like that. And there is somebody's famous said it, but like, you don't want the person that just won the lottery to tell you, okay, go, you know, liquidate all your assets and buy lottery tickets because that's what one person did and they happened to get lucky and do well with that. So if you did all the things, like I've had young dancers take me out to coffee and pick my brain, air quotes, um, and I will tell them exactly what I did to quote unquote make it to an insane degree. I've got a good memory <laughs> sometimes, um, as long as it's not for names. Uh, and they could, they could follow step by step my action plan and not make it because they're not me and times are different now. So like you said, I guess the, the way to figure it out is by trying and rehearsing, like give it a practice run, <laughs> give yeah. it a practice run. Yeah. So there's that is don't take advice from people that got lucky. My slogan is no favors for fakers. Yep. No favors for fakers. Yeah. I, I'm a, I lead with kindness and I love people. Um, and there was a long period in my career where I would, put other people's projects and priorities above my own and um, it would help out a lot of people and I learned that I would see the best in people I prefer to see the best in people and a lot of times I was giving my energy to people and projects that maybe weren't the best investment for yeah. me so no favors for fakers I mean that the, all those are great cool <laughs> all those are excellent cool. all three of the four yeah. or five I don't know how all many three, that was but it's it's great that's and that's what it is you. today I just I really love learning and I love progress so my like my mantras my slogans my lesson my most valuable lessons are always changing because I'm always learning yeah I think that's the other thing I like about dancers yeah. too, is this like self-improvement, this idea of self-improvement yeah. and always getting better. I'm just like always a curious student. Like I'm always yes. just like, I, I, yeah, like we mentioned, I literally Google anything that I don't know yeah. and I don't know how my parents or anyone before <laughs> us got around the city without Google maps or like, I don't know how I like, I look I wish up you recipes. I see my face right now and my jaw's yeah, on the like, floor. I look up I recipes. I look up anything that I don't know on Google and I don't know how the world functions without it. It's actually nuts. It's like kind of wild. The time that we're in right now is fascinating. But yeah. the thing about it is that, and you know this because you do it, you have to know what you're looking for in order to find it. Yeah. Versus what our parents did, which was, maybe go to school or go to um like straight on the job Everything so you learn things because too. yeah you learn things because that. people yeah. told you things yeah versus right now we have to know what we're looking for in order to go out and find yeah. it so you're only finding the things that you want to find yeah I'm pretty strategic about that yeah I just like I think I always want and maybe relate to this too like I just always wanted to be not one thing so like I, like, you know, like you don't, oh, yeah. dancer, actress, yeah, you host, producer, be all the things and you want to like, you want to be good at them and you want to be a smart, you want to be a smart person in the world, not yeah. just like a, like a nothing. Yeah. I want to be well-informed. I want to yeah. be, I want to be well-informed. Yeah. And this is, a, this is a crazy time for that because you can be that or you can think you're that. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. There's but a lot of, it's all about the quest and getting there. Yeah. And like, I really think you have it together. So good job, Dana. Thank you. And thank you for helping me get it together. Be oh, on the dear. lookout for a podcast for me. Thank you so much for having me and you're for talking to me and it's for being so the cool. raddest. Yay. High five. Yeah. <laughs>